Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Relationship Center on the Edify Podcast Network. My name is Ernest Wamboye, and I'm glad you've tuned in. We're going into the second week of January, and I hope your year has begun well. I hope 2023 has been something that has started you off well. I pray that your time in your families with your friends has been pleasant, and I hope that you are geared up to have a really good year by making the right decisions. We're talking about God-centered decisions, and we began this series last week, and last week we did the introduction. If you didn't catch it, please go back and catch it so that you can uh, be in tandem with us, even as we go into episode two. And we are looking at the year 2023, and we basically say that we shouldn't just sit and assume that 2023 will on its own minister to us, in on its own, in its own random way, it will just um, be good to us. You know, people say, be good to me, 2023, may, may good things happen to me, may favor find me in 2023. Well, life is not one where you just hope for luck to come your way. In a sense, you make your own luck. In a sense, you have to make certain decisions so that your life turns out in a certain way. Well, of course, there are certain things that are far beyond what we can do. There are things beyond our jurisdiction. We cannot control the weather. We cannot control death. We cannot control, um, we cannot control uh, people's reactions. There are many things beyond our control. But what we can control is everything within our realm of responsibility. And we must ask ourselves, what has God given us so that we may use it effectively to the max to make sure that our decisions are not humanistic, our decisions are not wishful, our decisions are not, um, are not haphazard, but rather our decisions are God-centered, where God is the center of our decisions. We want to ensure that we don't just make decisions and then later invite God to come and bless them after those decisions are filled with sin, selfishness, filled with all sorts of things that God does not allow. And many times people do that. People have their own plans and then they invite God to bless it. One of the things that will really, really help you in 2023 is to die to self. If you want to have God at the center of your decisions, if you want to be led by God, if you want to have peace, you need to let God rule and reign. You need to let God be God and you need to die to self. The biggest enemy in the Christian sanctification phase, you've got three big enemies, all right? And the first one is the flesh, and that is self, that is you. That is your own desires, your own personal uh, cravings. And we often think that perhaps one of the best things that could happen for us is to get exactly what we want. We are wrong. The best way, getting what we want at times could just be the worst thing to ever happen to us. We often think that if we just get what we want, then we'll be happy. And at times, God knows that if we get exactly what we want, we'll be devastated. We'll be horrible. We'll regret it. So God in his infinite mercy interrupts the life of a believer and he convicts him, directs him, shows him or her the way. And it is up to the believer to be sensitive enough to understand that our ways are not always good. The Bible says in Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to destruction. 
you are so caught up in your in your ideas of how your life should go that you cannot fathom anything else you cannot imagine anything else apart from things going your way well that means that your flesh has got an upper hand that means you are not flexible that means you're not open to the will of god and that means self has dominated you so self is the first enemy the second enemy is the world the world is the influences and the systems of this planet that lead you away from God. This world has got philosophies, thoughts, ideas, patterns, uh, imaginations um, that will direct the Christians or divert the Christian away from God. You must ask yourself, do those things seem more attractive than the Lord Jesus Christ? Many times on the surface, on the carnal surface, they do. They look like they are wiser, better, more efficient. They look like they are the real deal. But if anything that the scripture tells us is that the world and its desires will pass away and that there's nothing new under the sun. There'll be a new trend coming up today. There'll be a new uh, idea coming up today. There'll be so many things that will always happen. And some of them will be competing spectacles competing spectacles against Christ, and they will seem more beautiful, more radiant. But when you give them the test of time, you realize they fall apart. They're like a flambe. They burn up like a hot fire on a pan, you know, and they just die down immediately. They don't have lasting power, lasting potential, lasting, lasting gravitas. And so the world will offer you ideas that will contradict what God wants you to do. And if you in if you don't have discernment, if you don't uh, spiritually discern, you will be led astray by the world. I remember when Paul was writing his book, I think it was Second Timothy. That was his final book before he wrote, before he died rather. And he said, "Demas, who loved this present world, has deserted me." And Demas was one of his disciples, one of the people who was with him, and Demas deserted him. And Paul was feeling, wow, this guy got deceived by the world. And because of that, his decisions were not godly. His decisions were not God-centered. Watch out for the flesh, watch out for the world, and then finally watch out for the devil. The devil is the other enemy who will work against your God-centered decisions. The devil will tempt you. He will send his minions. He will send his agents. He will work to spiritually dull you. He will oppose you. He will work against your resilience, against your fortitude. And you need to have the necessary wherewithal, the firepower, the spiritual stamina to withstand him, to overcome him. These three enemies are constantly present in the life of a believer. You are facing your flesh, which is always with you. You're facing the world that you live in. And you're facing an invisible supernatural intelligence called Satan, who's not a force to be joked with. In fact, he's serious. He is intelligent. He's had thousands of years of experience. How then will your decisions be God-centered? How then will you make God-centered decisions concerning your money when your flesh is telling you, spend it on that brand new phone you saw that you don't need? That's the flesh. Well, the world is telling you, this is the thing. Everyone who has this phone now is the one in it. So those are the world systems. And then the devil tells you, um, look at you. You deserve it. You will look so good with that phone. So-and-so will like you. So-and-so will have you in their circle. And you end up making silly decisions with your money. What happens when you need to make decisions with your health? 
but your flesh is saying, ah, tomorrow, you're too lazy. When the world is saying, oh, man, um, the people who are fit are a small category. The majority of us are not fit. So, you know, let's, you're comfortable. And the devil tells you, come on, you only live once. Um, don't take it. It's never that serious. Your health is never that serious. And you make bad decisions concerning your health. You don't make God-centered decisions. What happens with your sexuality? When your flesh tells you, oh my goodness, she's so cute, or he's so cute, it feels good, go for it. Attempt that sex outside of marriage. You know, or fool around with that uh, adultery, flirt with that person, you know, play around. And the world is telling you, hey, it's normal, everybody does this, you know. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it. Don't make people feel weird. It's not sin, it's, it's love. Love is love, you know. And the devil tells you, you know what, um, that's where you'll really find your satisfaction. Your wife's not really in it. Your husband's not really giving it to you. Your, your, your boyfriend who's waiting for sex until marriage is a bit outdated. Your girlfriend who is saying that you should be patient and uh, live a sexually pure life, you know, she's a bit of a prude. And then you, may, you end up making foolish decisions with your sexuality. How do you make God-centered decisions in the backdrop of these three enemies? The answer is that you need the word of God. You need the word of God. And the word of God is just one part um, of what we call the full armor of God. But the reason I'm focusing on it is because when you look at Ephesians chapter 6, and Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 12 all the way to 18 talks about how we can prepare ourselves against the, the enemy that who attacks us. That's chiefly the devil. In that particular passage, the devil is the chief enemy mentioned. Uh, the flesh and the world are not mentioned. The other passages that mention the world, for example, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 to 5, uh, tells us uh, to be very careful concerning the mindsets that we have that are influenced, the thoughts and philosophies from this world. Are, um, we are told in Romans 12 not to conform to the pattern of this world. And then the other passages that talk about the flesh, you know, we are told uh, we need to die to self. We need to of our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. That's also Romans 12. But in Ephesians 12, we're told about the devil. And he mentions the full armor of God. And he begins with the belt of truth. And the truth is the word of God. And he ends, Paul the apostle that is, the writer, ends with the sword of the spirit, the word of God. And he begins the word of God, ends the word of God. The sword of the spirit is the word of God. The belt of truth is the word of God. It's interesting that when you look at other passages, for example, um, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 to 5, when it talks about dealing with the thoughts and philosophies that come from the world, the response to that is the word of God. That the philosophies of this world must be captured and brought down by the word of God. When it comes to the flesh, you realize that the answer is to tame the voice of the flesh by increasing the volume of the word of God. And so one common theme in all these three things in all these three enemies that we face, the flesh, the world, the devil, is the word of God. That the word of God, which is the Bible, all 66 books that have been given to you, is what is necessary for you to have a victorious life against these three enemies. Or, if I could say, is what is necessary for you to make God-centered decisions. So how do you maximize on the word of God? guys? This year, if one thing, if there's one thing that you need to take seriously, it's your scriptural intake. It's the word of God. So what, what or how exactly could you do this? I'm going to share with you a few ways in which I intake the word of God so that 
uh, my daily decisions are God-centered. So one of the things that I do is that um, I read a chapter of Proverbs every day. And so Proverbs has got 31 chapters and a month has got 31 days or 30 days. February could have 28 or a leap year with 29. But an average month has 30 to 31 days. So I make sure that every day I read a chapter of Proverbs. So if today is the 6th of January, I do um, Proverbs 6. If it is the 7th of January, I do Proverbs 7. If it is the 8th, Proverbs 8, and so on and so forth. When I get to the 30th, since uh, let's say a month has 30 days, I combine. I combine 30 and 31. I do both of them together. Or I find one day during the month, they'll combine two chapters so that I could go on with the flow. If um if I get to February, of course, I'll also look for other combinations so that I get to read Proverbs every day. So that, that's one way in which I do it. I make sure that I read the book of Proverbs every day. Apart from that, I also have a quiet time. And in my quiet time, what I do is that I've got a Bible, I've got a notebook, I've got a pen, and I go through a certain book. Like I just finished the book of Colossians recently, and I'm going to start another book. And so what I do is that I go chapter by chapter, verse by verse, word by word, reading through the book. I'm not in a rush to finish it. I'm not rushing to finish it. And I just go through it and I understand the book. I understand the author. I understand why it was written, the context was written. I do some research. I go online, find out who wrote this book. Why did they write this book? Who did they write it to? What were the political circumstances surrounding that book? What are the cultural circumstances concerning that book? Um, uh, who was the antagonist? Who was the protagonist in that book? Um, why did they write? What are the key verses in that book? Um, and, and I go through it and I understand slowly, you know, um, what is this book saying to me as honest? What is it saying concerning different areas of my life, you know? And I spend time going through it, you know, and I could even just do a short section of the book. I, I could do a chapter or I could just do three verses, you know, but I get the juice out of the book. I get the full meaning. You know, I listen to commentaries. I listen to, I read commentaries. I listen to what other people are saying concerning that book. I do my research. And by the time you're done with that book, you understand it really well. And you not only understand it really well, you also get to hear the voice of God really well because God speaks through those verses. He corrects you, he rebukes you, he instructs you, he trains you in righteousness. And that's a quiet time, okay? And I endeavor to do my quiet time every day. I endeavor, right? There are days when I fall off, you know, but I try and give myself a target of at least five days in a week to at least do my quiet time. Okay, I engage the word of God. When I do that, I realize that my decisions are more God-centered. The flesh is under control. The, the voice of the enemy is at bay. And the world and its philosophies look foolish. They don't look attractive anymore, you know. And with time, if you keep doing this consistently, with time you develop such spiritual stamina that even if you are in a particular season in your life where you couldn't engage with the scriptures every day, you realize you've got enough reserve strength built up. There are many Christians today who do not have reserve strength. And so if caught in an awkward situation where they are out of rhythm, out of tandem, out of the situation where they cannot interact the word of God um, as frequently as they could, they fall away. And a good example was the COVID-19 crisis. COVID-19 prevented you from going to church. COVID-19 prevented you from meeting frequently with other believers. COVID-19 
worked against you. And many believers fell off. There are many believers I know who uh, fell apart during that period. But you see, if you've got spiritual reserve, if you've got a reserve energy that you've built by spending time the word of God constantly, you will stand in those moments. So that's one thing I do. Another thing that I do is that I listen to the audio Bible. Whenever I'm driving, whenever I'm free, whenever um, um, I have some free time, I try as much as possible not to go on social media. Well, I do go on social media once in a while, but when I've got large portions, what I do is that I just put on my earphones and I play the audio Bible from my phone, you know, and I just listen to passages of scripture. I listen to what the preacher is saying. I listen to what the, the reader is saying. And that, that helps me. That edifies me. Okay. Uh, the other thing, of course, that, you know, we share what we learn. I share what I learn from the scriptures with my wife, with my friends, with my family. I learn. I learn when I hear from them and they learn when they hear from me. All right. So this helps my decisions be God-centered. It refines me. It refines me. And I want to give you um, perhaps five ways in which to imbibe the word of God so that your decisions can be God-centered, so that so that you, you make decisions that are favorable to you. They, may, they will not be favorable to the flesh. Your flesh will complain. Your flesh will scream, but it's good for you. The world will revolt. The world will make fun of you. The world will deride you, but it is good for you. They consider this like your spiritual vegetables, all right? You may not like them, but they're good for you. And the thing about vegetables is that the older you get, uh, you actually want vegetables, you know? As a kid, you hate vegetables. You find them disgusting. You find them tasting badly. But when you grow up, you realize, no, you do want vegetables on your plate. You realize the importance of vegetables. You want to eat vegetables. You realize you can actually cook vegetables and make them taste nice. It's the same thing with the Word of God. Uh, the immaturity in us will say, oh, it's boring. Oh, look at it. Look at it. You know, I can't do that. You know, I'd rather be on social media. I'd rather be on Instagram. I'd rather watch a movie on Netflix. I'd rather do all these things. I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd rather. But the more you grow up, you actually realize, no, wait, I want the word of God. Um, I like these vegetables. I like it. I, I want the truth of God's word. You know, it's actually interesting. It's not boring. Oh, my goodness. It's the most interesting thing ever. I will never, ever miss vegetables on my plate. So how do you get started? One, read the word of God. Read the word of God. One of the best ways to bless yourself and improve your decisions is to read the word of God. And I'm going to read certain scriptures here so that you can understand just the benefit of, of some of these things that I'm saying. Because the scriptures give us, uh, I'm, I'm not just giving you these instructions. These are straight from scripture, all right? The Bible says this in Revelation chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. Now, the book of Revelation, of course, is a prophetic book, and the writer John, the revelator, is saying that whoever reads aloud the words of this prophecy will be blessed. There's a spiritual blessing. There's a benefit that will derive from that. And those who hear it will also be blessed. And not just hearing it, but take it to heart. All right. So this verse is often understood just as limiting to the book of Revelation, but contextually, it's not. It's, contextually, it is for the book of Revelation, but it is also truth for the whole of Scripture that whoever reads the word of the Lord will be blessed. And this truth has been emphasized over and over in the Psalms, in the Proverbs. The word of God brings a blessing. Make time to read the Word of God. You could come up with a plan. You could read the Bible in a whole year, or you could read portions of it, but make sure you make room to read the Word of God. Second thing, you need to hear the Word of God. Hear the Word of God. And I'm going to read for you Romans chapter 10, verse 17. This is what it says. It says, Consequently, 
Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Now, again, contextually for Romans 10, the message here is the gospel. Okay, Your faith is built when you hear the gospel. When you hear the gospel preached, your faith is activated, and when your faith is activated, you are able to believe, and when you believe, guess what? You get born again. But it's not also just true just for the context of Romans 10, 17. It's true for all of Scripture. That when we hear the word of God, our faith is built. When we hear what the Lord is saying, our faith is lifted up. Our faith uh, is pumped up. It's strengthened. Make time to hear the word of God. Look for sound men and women in the scriptures or you can in, in, in uh, online who teach from the scriptures. And in case you are wondering, Ernest, who shall I listen to? You know, um, I don't know who I listen to because Ernest, there are so many preachers online. There are so many people out there. And you're right. You're right. There are, there are, there are many of them. And at times you may not know who to listen to. You may not know who to give your time to. I'm going to give you a few preachers who are doctrinally sound and who uh, who, who will guide you uh, towards making God-centered decisions. Go look for um, Dr. Timothy Keller. Dr. Timothy Keller. Go look for Gary Hamrick. Okay. Gary Hamrick. Go look for Carter Conlon. Carter Conlon. Go look for David Wilkerson. David Wilkerson, though he died, he's the late David Wilkerson. And go look for my all-time favorite, Pastor John Corson. John Corson, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, hear the word of God. Hear them preach. Be careful concerning who you listen to. Jesus said, be careful how you hear. Watch out. Your, your ears are the windows to your soul. Don't just listen to anybody. Filter what they're saying. Just because they opened the Bible at the beginning of the sermon does not mean that they are preaching what is good for your ears. They could be preaching junk. You want God-centered, God-centered decisions. Therefore, don't listen to sermons that are man-centered, humanistic, all about you. It's not about you, it's about God. So next, study the word of God. Study the word of God. I'm going to read for you uh, Acts chapter 17, verse 11. This is what the Bible says. It says, Now the Berean Jews of monoble character that goes in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. All right. Paul preaches the gospel in different towns, and he goes to a place called Berea, and when he preaches, they don't just accept it. What do they do? They study the scriptures. They go back, they study, they study, they examine, and say, is this true? Is this true? You need to do that as well if you want to have God-centered decisions. When you hear a famous preacher just say something, you just run with it because he's famous and because he's got a large congregation and because he's got several, uh, he appears on on YouTube and because he's loved by many people and because he's got thousands of likes on social media, therefore it's true. No, you must study it. And we often think that uh, just because they're famous, they can be wrong. They can be very wrong. They can be very wrong. You need to study the scriptures to see if what is being said is true, just like Acts 17.11. What does that mean? Get into a group. Get into a Bible study. Find men and women who share your heart um, as far as finding the truth is concerned, who are doctrinally sound. Take time. Look for them. Uh, belong to a Bible-believing church. Examine their doctrine. And uh, once you find them, you know, sit with men and women. 
and go through the scriptures. Start one in your home. Go through the Bible one by one. And look for their, their Bible study guides. In case you are wondering, oh my goodness, Ernest, I'm not I'm not adept in in analyzing all these doctrinal matters. Don't worry. They are, they are guides written by men and women that can guide you. You can go through different books, you know, and it will guide you. It will show you the way that you should go. All right? Read the word of God. Hear the word of God. Study the word of God. The next one, memorize the word of God. And in the spirit of memorizing, I'm not going to open the scriptures for this one. I'm going to quote the verse that I want to say. That is Psalm 119, verse 9 to 11. It says, how can a young person keep their way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you, though, in my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Commit the word of God into your mind. Commit your the word of God to your memory. Because when you do that, you enrich your mind, you strengthen your mind, and you also, you always have the word of God ready in your heart in order to, when, whenever you're dealing with any kind of vice. You need the word of God ready in your head and in your heart. The Bible says when the children of Israel are coming to the promised land, God said to them, these words, these truths, write them on the tablet of your heart, write them on your foreheads, write them on your hands. He was instructing them to have them with them everywhere. And one perfect way to do that today is to memorize memorize scripture now you must fight off the old mindset that ah oh man i don't have a good memory oh i i can't do it scripture memory is for sunday school and old women get rid of those strongholds those are the strongholds that are making you make poor decisions align yourself with the truth of god's word god's word says you can do it you can do it the bible says the memory of the righteous is blessed Memorize the word of God. It will improve your decision making, especially those decisions that you have to make in a split second. Those decisions when you're on your own and you need to make a decision now and you can't consult anyone, you can't talk to anyone and you're just by yourself and you have to make a decision. Those decisions will be God-centered when you've got scripture memory because this is what the Holy Spirit will do. The Bible says in John 14 that he will remind you of the things he has taught you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He reminds us of the things he has taught us. Now, you cannot be reminded of something that you've not had in the first place. You're only reminded of something that you have in the first place. What better way to have the Holy Spirit remind you of the truth of scriptures than having it memorized? In those split moments, you'll realize if you just steal yourself for a second, the scripture that you memorize will come and you'll know exactly what to do. Despite the voices of the flesh, the world, and the devil, in that instant, you'll know exactly what you need to do. And then finally, meditate on the word of God. What does meditate on the word of God mean? Meditate means take time, think about it, reason with it, uh, think about what it says, think about what it's doing, think about what its, uh, what its context is, uh, think about it slowly, go over it over and over and over and over and over again. Um, it's like the, the word there I believe is significant, is, is, is similar to what uh, we use in uh, I think in the original manuscript, the word that is used there to, to meditate is the same as that of an animal chewing card, you know, chewing the card over and over and over and over and over and over until it digests it, you know. So we need to do that with the word of God. Take a scripture, think about it over and over and over and over. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Mm -hmm. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. Mm -hmm. So you start, trust in the Lord. Trust in who? The Lord, trust in the Lord with what? With all my heart, all not half of my heart, not part of my heart, 
all of my heart. Wow, Lord, do I trust you with all my heart? I think I trust you with part of my heart. Trust in the Lord, not trust in myself, but trust in the Lord with all my heart. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Think about it. Guys, when you keep going through a verse like that over and over and over and over, you will draw such rich revelation out of it. You will be blessed. You will be surprised to see God work, God move, God do great things for you. So meditate on the word of God. And the Bible says this in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 because I didn't have a verse for meditate. So let me just uh, read it. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Look at that. <laughs> then you will be prosperous and successful. Your decisions will lead to success. Your decisions will lead to prosperity. It doesn't get more clear than that, ladies and gentlemen. That your God-centered decisions that will be full of prosperity and success will come when you meditate on the scriptures. Guys, you're fighting a real enemy. You're fighting self, the flesh. You're fighting the world, its systems, its ideologies. You're fighting the devil and all his demons and all his hordes. And they're all speaking. Would you sit down in silence? Would you find time in the day to read the word of God, hear the word of God, study the word of God, memorize the word of God, meditate on the word of God, and surely you will be blessed. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Anes Wamboy, and this is the Relationship Center on the Edify Podcast Network. For more great podcasts that will build your faith and inspire you, please head over to www.edify.app, that is E-D-I-F-I.app, or you could search for the Edify app in the Google or the Apple Play Store. And we'll see you next time.